0: Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation.
1: We love Doug and Janet. They're they're just awesome pastors. We love them. We know that you guys love and respect them, and uh, we've been friends a long time, and uh, we appreciate their friendship. So Beth and I are just going to play a few uh, Christmas songs uh, this morning, uh, and then I'm going to bring the word to you. It's going to get a little faster. It's going to get a little louder. So don't let that scare you. Now you hear some real playing.
0: next song I'm going to play for you is a medley of songs that were arranged by Handel and at this time of year uh, all the big cities are putting on Handel's Messiah and you go and you see the huge orchestras and choruses singing and the story behind Handel's Messiah it was actually the people of Ireland that funded the Handel to be able to compose the music to go along with the biblical text. And the story goes that um, they would try to bring food to Handel to eat while he, was in the com- while he was composing. He hardly ate anything. And when he finished, with tears in his eyes, he said, I feel like I've been in the presence of God. You can't be exposed to the word of God without it affecting you. And um, you know, uh, the story is about joy. A unto us, the Son is given. Did you know Handel also composed the music to joy to the world? Isn't that interesting? Uh, Sometimes we don't. I I didn't realize that uh, until recently when I was thinking about it. But um, something I read this morning that was kind of interesting: that why why did God choose to use the simple person of a shepherd to witness the birth of Jesus and to be the ones that literally spread it, spread the good news? And I want you to know, we're shepherds. You know, none of us are a big name on TV, are we? Anybody famous in here? you know, but how God uses, uses us all to bring the good news to people, and uh, I, you know, I love having the word joy in my home. I want it to be very prophetic that during this season, it's about joy. It's about joy. It's not about our personal joy, but it's our joy that, that, that he sent his only son, that we could have hope, and uh, so this is, this is my, uh, my, my prophetic voice of hope and joy for Christmas in, uh, in this medley of joy to the world.
1: God is so good, amen. You know, this time of year, I have a specific message for the church that I'm going to be sharing today. One of the most powerful moments that I've ever been a part of was at a courtroom in, uh, I believe Georgetown is William, Williamson County, uh, forgive me if I don't have my Texas geography correct, but uh, I got to go and be a part of a, of a court case, and, and it was a good court case. It was in family court, and most of the time in family court, it's not fun. It's not fun for the judges. It's not fun for the people. There's issues in families uh, that they're dealing with legally. But we were there as my brother adopted a little boy. And I got to stand up there with the family, you know, at the bench of the judge, and as he pronounced that Clay uh, was no longer an O'Connor, but Clay was going to be Clay Wee. Now, the judge asked him, you sure you want that last name? <laughs> because the lady that my brother married was Sue Wee, and saw so I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and it took her about two years before she took his last name because she's got all these brothers in her family, and they get together and watch football games and, and rib each other, and she goes, I'm just not going there. And so... A couple years later at Valentine's, uh, Sue gave uh, my brother a copy of her new driver's license with his last name and said, I'm honored to be a we. So, but that moment of adoption to give somebody hope uh, at our children's home that our district co owns with uh, two other districts West Texas, North Texas, and South Texas, the children's home that all of our churches uh, fund and operate in. In Fairfield, Pleasant Hills Children's Home. They deal with this every day. You know, families that are going through tough times, children that are brought there. And just the other night, a family, you know, three little kids getting brought there, their hair all disheveled. They've been woken up by the authorities, taken away from their parents and taken to a safe place. Uh, to see our workers get up at any time of the night to meet these children to give them stuff a brand new stuffed animal to hold and to hug while they're talking with them and trying to make them feel comfortable and and they get their first baths that some of them have not had in a long time and they're getting the lice out of their hair and um, they're getting the tears out of their eyes and and then they get to go get brand new clothes. Some of them have never had brand new clothes before. And the evening just goes on and then they go to their house and their, their dorm area with the house parent and they're held in a loving way, some of them for the first time and they, they get rocked to sleep and some of them don't ever want to leave that place because they have experienced true love for the first time. You see, there's no greater picture of love than the expression that's done through adoption. Natural birth is good too. But when you adopt somebody, you choose that child. We were told one time that, well, if you adopt, you're not going to love that adopted child as much as your natural one. And we just looked with sad countenance to that person that told us that, like, you're so wrong. You're so wrong. Adoption is, in our life, probably the most visible example of love that can be demonstrated. Lives change, situations of despair changed into hope. And the apostle Paul, through the scriptures, talks about you and I being adopted. So that means God has looked at our mess He has seen all of our personal dysfunction, our family dysfunction, our sin, our total uh, decrepit behavior. And he says, I love you anyway. Because that's what we do. That's what happens in adoption. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, 5, in love, he predestined us for adoption. He doesn't predestine who gets adopted. He predestined the process of adoption for anyone who wants to believe. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He says to the church in Galatia, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship and he tells the church in Rome in Romans 8 verse 14 15 and 16 for those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba everybody say Abba And you know the Greek word is what a little Grecian child calls dad. Daddy. Daddy. I mean, yes, we are to respect God. We're to fear Him. I have no problem with that. But it's more than that. It's a relationship that you and I have. And that's God's heart. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children Because God looks at you and I and says, I've got a plan for you. I know you. I know what is going to happen when you surrender your life to me, when you agree to this adoption process. And the psalmist says in 139.13, For you created my inmost being, God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The prophet Jeremiah says it like this in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know, God says, I know the plans I have for you. And God doesn't just say it. It says he declares it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You need to know that God loves you and sees you Just the way you are, and is passionately wanting to adopt you. He's wanting to adopt you. He's wanting to adopt your dysfunction. He's wanting to adopt your financial problems. He's wanting to adopt your health problems. He's wanting to adopt everything about you. Oh, does he bring about change in our life? You better believe it. But it starts with just, Lord, I really don't know what to do. I just know that I'm a mess. I know that I'm struggling in this area. And I want you to adopt me. Because there's one issue with adoption when you adopt older kids. Those older kids have to agree to it. And we're all older kids. We won't talk about the coffee this morning. That <laughs> We're all older. And God doesn't force this adoption on any one of us. You and I have to agree to it. But I'm telling you this morning, if you've never surrendered to the adoption of God, you need to. You need to. Beth and I, one of these concerts we played at my mom's uh, independent living place in Austin. We did a Christmas concert last year. And so I told them up front because, I mean, there's people there. You know, they have incredible business backgrounds. I mean, they're incredible retirees and And I just told him, I said, I'm just telling you, I'm going to do this concert, and I'm a preacher, and I'm going to preach at you in here in just a little while. Except then I said, but I'm not going to receive an offering. (laughs) Didn't want him to be that scared. Preaching was okay, but the offering sometimes gets a little precarious. And after we shared, a little lady shared this message. I'm sharing this message to 80 and 90-year-olds who are very brilliant. Very brilliant folk. And this little lady comes up with a tear in her eye saying, I don't know what it was, but when you played, when you shared, I just couldn't stop crying. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. The massive adoption fees. Sometimes that prevents people from adopting. In the natural, guys, get out there and adopt a child. If you're putting your heart, if you can't afford it, you can't afford anything. Just put it on your Sears card. Well, they're going bankrupt. Don't put it there. On second thought, that might be a good place to put it. I better not mention any real names. They might sue Doug. (laughs) Just go for it. Go for it in the natural. You can't afford, you know, you can't afford to get married. You can't afford to have one kid, two kids, three. Just do it. And God will meet the need. In the spiritual, allow God to use you to bless someone in conversation. Allow God to use you to bless someone, to adopt someone spiritually that needs to converse about the Lord, that needs somebody that's not going to be afraid of their messes and their, and their dysfunction. You know, we only want perfect people to come to hear You know, you got to be perfect. You've got to have perfect families. Uh, You got to, man, we don't want any problems in the church. Well, then we better close the door. Because Pastor Doug let me in and I'm very dysfunctional. Just ask my wife. (laughs) If you ever want to know the truth about somebody, you got to check with the spouse or the teenagers. (laughs) that's what I'm talking about God's put it on your heart to step out and to do a natural adoption just go for it man there's children or to be a foster family just go for it man that there's no greater investment than investing in another person he knows the incredible future that he has in store for you he's known you ever since he created you inside your mother's womb the Lord looks through the glass front nursery and He sees the cradle and He said, I want you no matter what. I want you no matter what the cost. There's nothing you can do to scare me away. I want you no matter the background. The the Christmas story is about adoption. It's about the adoption fees being paid for you and I. The Christmas story is about you. Oh, I know we have Jesus being born in the manger. I understand that. But the reason he did that is so he could pay the price for you. The Christmas story is about you and about every human being on the face of this earth. A lady named Lacey Duncan first thought about becoming a mother. She saw one thing in her future she wanted boys. It wasn't that I believed I could only bond with a son, she says, but when I was daydreaming, I just kept seeing myself with a family and to have a boy. She was 32 years old. She was then in her mid-twenties living uh, with her parents. She longed for a child, and she personally didn't view marriage as a prerequisite for God to use her to bless a child. So she found an adoption company, she began to work through them. She went through the training to multiple hours She accepted a family's friend's gift of a race car bed because every little boy needs a race car bed. Or as Doug, a motorcycle bed. And she waited. By late September, Duncan started to worry that as a single woman, she might not ever be contacted. Then late one night, a social worker called. She told me she had a foster care emergency placement. Four sisters, ages five, two-year-old twins, and a one-year-old. I was barely awake, so I said yes. That's the best time to get somebody when they're tired. Make them sign on the dotted line, the contract. Don't ever go shop for a car when you're tired. You got to be on your game, otherwise you're going to sign too soon. She was barely awake, but she said yes. Within a couple of hours, Duncan, the single mom, had four confused little girls burning off nervous energy darting around her living room. They were small and scared and brought in the middle of the night to the stranger's house who, along with her mother, came and calmed the tired, crying girls, tucked them into bed, and rocked the baby to sleep. The next morning, Duncan called into work and prepared to take Sophia, the eldest, to her kindergarten class She said I was making her breakfast and she asked me if I had any other daughters and if she could be my daughter, which broke my heart, says Duncan. She asked what she could call me and I told her, my name is Lacey and you can call me whatever you want to call me. By the time I dropped her off at school, she was introducing me to her classmates as her mom. Later that day, Duncan learned the girls, Sophia, the twins, Natalie and Melanie and the one-year-old, that Kaylee had a sibling born the night before. She went to a foster parent to deal with newborns, but nine months later, the older girls reunited with their birth mom. I tried to keep the faith that they would end up where they were supposed to be, and in my heart, that was here. So after about a month, the girl's birth mother concluded that it would be too difficult for her to care for for them. She called and asked if I would take all five.
2: So, you can't afford one? Let me just say here churches that don't want to have trouble
1: will stop growing. Churches that don't want to deal with the pain of change and new people will just die because it's childbirth. It's discipleship. It's relationship. You, you, get, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it's tough. So if you want your church to remain pristine and all of your facilities to never wear out, and you want to do that, well, just, you know, let's get about 20 people here, Doug, and just kind of keep the doors open, and we'll get here, and we'll be done on time, and you can go home. But that's not what God's called us to Solomon says that he rejoices when the, when the manger is dirty. Because it means there's animals being born. It means there's life there. People are dirty. People are a mess. And this church has a long history of just loving people. Keep doing it. Keep adopting spiritually. Is it tough you bet it is. Especially when one comes and then when you get, a, get five of them in here and just keep loving. So she got all five. She said yes. She formally adopted all five girls in July of 2013. It's a wonderful... I should have had this picture up here. I'm sorry, Pastor Doug, for not... But seeing this single mom with her five daughters and all she wanted was one boy. sometimes we don't get to pick but you know something you know we don't get to pick who comes into our church we don't get to pick who moves into that house next door to us and ruins the neighborhood and God's moving them close to you so you can love them so you can reach out to them and it's going to cost you it's going to cost you some night's sleep because their music is too But that's okay, because God loves the person. God wants the person. So there was one more surprise, Pastor Doug. The children's birth mother was expecting again within about a year. And so a girl, Cecily, was born. And Cecily also came to live with Duncan, who has now also been adopted. Now, praise God, a single mom with five or six little ones, that's pretty tough. Her parents helped her. It takes a family. It takes a family. Each of our salvation stories is exactly the same as that. We could share our stories, and if our musicians wouldn't mind coming forward at this time. In a moment, we're going to ask our prayer partners to come, and we're going to allow God to adopt us we're going to allow God to adopt some different areas of our life where we just need some help. Whether it's financial or a health challenge you're going through or just an emotional, emotional time, God wants that. And he's looking through the window and he's saying, I want to help you. And God forbid that we leave this room and we don't allow a living God to assist us with a real problem. God wants to demonstrate His love and care for you right now. So if you leave here with a need unmet, that's your choice. Because you can't force an adult to come to the adoption. But God loves you. Each of our stories is the same. We brought a mess to the Lord. For me, it was the summer after my junior year in high school. Well, that was the first mess that I brought to the Lord. I very frequently bring more messes to the Lord because I mess up. And I I challenge, I get challenged in all kinds of areas of life. But that's what we do. We bring our message to the Lord with an open heart and an honest heart. And we just say, God, I need your help. And he doesn't turn us away. He embraces you and says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you wisdom. You're going to know that you're loved. There may be some of you in this room. You've gone through a horrific situation with family breakups. And listen to me, because you might have gone through something like that, you are still worth the world to Jesus. Because you're facing a health difficulty or a situation where a doctor has told you there's no hope, let me tell you something. These bodies do weird stuff. I haven't figured it out yet. God loves you, and he's going to put his hand in your hand, and he's going to help you. He will heal your body. He'll give you peace of mind. And if he chooses to take you home, that's part of God's healing process also. But he'll give you peace and joy and hope in the process because the enemy lies to us. He condemns us. He pushes us aside. You're to this. You're to this. Nobody wants you anymore. Nobody wants to adopt you. Nobody wants to help you in your situation. And all of that is a lie. It's a lie. So today it's our choice. Lord, I need you
0: to help me. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.